tell you when I set them shoes on that conveyor belt, <laughs> that shit turned the end. I'm talking about the entire TSA went up. It like somebody had just opened up a two thousand pound bag of corn chips in the middle of the airport. And you know New Yorkers, folks, they don't give a damn. I'm talking about if New Yorkers had infinite dams, they wouldn't give one. <laughs> and they was like, yo, son, yo, who somebody feed, yo, yo, son. Who is Tip with you? They, they trying to get on. Right, I was saying, you going by yourself. At this point, they all like, oh, shit, we can't be seen. They all trying to separate themselves. <laughs> I'm talking about so, Boy, the TSA dude so loud. He drawing so much attention. You got TSA workers leaving their belts in they stations. So now by the time I get down through, through the scanner and all that, it's like, between six to ten TSA workers just hanging out by the end to see who picks up these shoes. <laughs> and when I tell you, Brian, it took everything in me not to just like, walk in the road. Me. I was finna go get on that plane barefoot, bro. I'm talking about with my socks on. They was like, son, somebody feet dead, yo. Who's your ex friend? I'm talking. Bro, they coming through spraying. <laughs> to this day, bro, I'm talking about anytime I go through the airport, oh, I'll be wearing sandals when I know or where I will be in the, in the house like. <laughs> Am I straight? We back, man. Welcome to another episode of the Instincts Podcast. It's a great day to change lives. I got the plug, aka I've known him my whole life, forty-seven years, because I'm a little older. Yeah. As Kareem Chapman, but he's now the plug is in the building with us, man. We're gonna talk love. We're gonna talk laughter. We're gonna talk pain. We're gonna talk about a lot of things that this man has been through and overcome. What's up, plug? We don't want to talk love. You are gonna lose some followers. <laughs> <laughs> Some of your female subscribers will be like, he's a jerk. <laughs> oh Lord. Don't take no relationship advice from him. I didn't I didn't Please say don't. he was I didn't say he was <laughs> the relationship guru. That's why they call him the plug, man. Hey, I'm glad to have you. Man. Appreciate it. Appreciate here, the man. invite. Hey, we always go right off the top with a with a question because we want to inspire some people so they can understand that what they see right now is not always what we've been through. Right? Right. We definitely don't look like what we've been through, thank God. But boy. <laughs> If we did, <laughs> Shoot, if we did, man, let's start with this. What is the most challenging thing in life you've had to overcome so far? And then more importantly, part two, how'd you overcome it? All right, so I know a lot of people go with the cliche answer of death, someone's death. Of course, that's how I lost my mother. I thought it was that. But looking back on it, I think the hardest thing that I've ever had to overcome was getting the confidence in myself to chase my own purpose in life and stop letting people of influence control what I think I should be doing. That's right. And it ain't easy. It's not. It is not. Especially when you come from a nurturing, loving family who you essentially trust to give you good advice. Absolutely. But as time goes on, you start to realize, ooh, ah, ah, hold on, Paul. These people are older and have had the chance to do the same thing they're trying to get me to do. 
or they don't believe in something because it's not their dream. And they're so, trying to persuade you and kind of get you in their push you to the safe. I come from an education family. All of them teachers. Why don't you a bit? We need more men teachers. And <coughs> that's not. If that's not what you want to do, you might do it to appease them. Right. But you're not gonna see it. It's not fulfilling. That's looking back on it. That it took me thirty years. Wow. To okay. When we say it took thirty years, it took you thirty years to to say and define. Or, or stick to I'm gonna do what I want to do, yeah. and not because you what what you do initially ride that balance of trying to appease them. Yeah, yeah, you know you should go to school. Yeah, you thought about you would be good at this job. Why don't you do this? This you would make a good such and such. Mm -hmm. And so you yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, cool. And you look up and shit, ten years, fifteen, twenty. So I had to make a choice. I say, well, if I'm gonna go down with the ship, I'd rather go down knowing I went down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at least my way, right. and not sitting on. You know, I'm old man going. Damn, I shoulda. I shoulda did that. I had the chance. That's all. Yeah, my life. So let me ask you this: What was the defining moment? When you say it took about thirty years, I know you're a little over uh right now. So I'm forty-seven. You're a little younger than me. So the past eleven years or or twelve years, what was that defining moment where you said, you know what? I'm doing me and it feels good. I'm 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 in my moment now. Did, was there a tipping point for you? Yeah, okay, so I we all got passions and we all got purpose. That's right. And a lot of people don't know how to define the two, you know. And I had to realize I was chasing a passion, something that I enjoyed doing, but it wasn't necessarily my purpose. So it took me to move away from family. Mm. I'm talking about with if it wasn't for my partner giving me two hundred dollars, I would have moved to LA with about eighty-four dollars. <laughs> so if you, it went wasn't two, for, you went with two eighty-four. <laughs> if it wasn't for Broderick Walker going, hey man, how much money you got? If he wouldn't have asked that question, I was about to get on that flight with eighty-four dollars. I would have made it work. You made it work. Wow. But it took me being I didn't done everything. I didn't worked every job. Ain't nothing working out. Mm. Oh, I got something I've always wanted to do myself. Mm. And life, man, it's crazy how life will push you into it if you trust the word enough. I prayed about it. I ain't no Jesus freak. I was living in California with subpoena. I'm in a studio. It wasn't even a studio apartment. It was like a pre-production lab. That's how small it was. Like you can make beats in here. You can't do no recording. Just turn around. You, you have to take these beats and go to another studio. That's my and, You were living there? Yeah. Okay. My dad came out there. You could literally, I didn't have no kitchen. You walked in. This dock. Dock. The width of the yes, this this floating dock we're on <laughs> is about the size of my first studio apartment. Hold on, Doc. He ain't, he ain't gonna he ain't gonna he ain't gonna he ain't gonna drive me crazy and talk about my dock. It happened to be here. Uh this is the floating dock. Okay. <laughs> we nice and solid. Right this is the floating dock now for right now. Okay, now right ain't gonna come through you know I'm gonna want to be a comedian too, so I gotta take my chance. I can swear right, this so, all good. <laughs> so that's what he's doing now, man. So okay, it was this big and what happened? So but yeah, so it was, you know, I'm in this small place, I'm in this small, small space and working for my uncle, and we'll get to the story. Hmm? It actually was a hindrance hmm. because 
you know, white people and black people operate something different when they family. Hmm. I don't know if y'all noticed this, but it's like, we white, we fall out. I'm still coming to you because I want family to eat. I want family to, we keeping this business in the family. In the family. Okay. So, F you. But hey, here go that check. Here go that check for them t-shirts. Don't call me. You better not show up for Christmas. But hey, I still need. Now, here go that money. You're right. Black folks, it's a little bit different hmm. in 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 our families, and so hmm. it's more like the white people, the executives. I moved to LA to pursue music. That was my passion. Hmm. That was my purpose. So I'm out here, I got all these artists, some of my artists have gone on to see, you've heard songs of theirs, right? Yes, big records. Really? Rihanna is, yes, after with, me. Along with Rihanna? After me, yes. Really? And when you say me, you manage them? I used to manage them. Get That's out of here. what made me move to L.A. And I'm in these offices, I'm getting meetings based off of what I've done. I've just been a personal assistant. But all the white executives like, if the music is so good, why he don't use it? Well, why he don't oh, sign the artist? Your family so member. But you can't be like, because we don't with each other. You can't. So, long story short, bro. Okay, so that became a conflict. Yeah. So, okay. long story short, I'm 1,900 miles away from home. It was the first time I've ever really went through what you would call a depression. Mm. I was just like, why am I here? Like, mm. why, not on earth, but why am I out here? Why okay. am I way prayed about it? Bro, when I tell you for the next week, I will wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning on the dot between 3 o'clock and 3.15. I could think of nothing but humor. It, it, was, it was hitting you. I could, I'm, I'm talking about, I'm in my bed thinking about stories and stuff that had happened to me. I'm just, I'm talking about, I have tears coming out of my eyes. I'm laughing at some of this stuff. Just so it happened, the studio we used to go, I had to walk by the comedy club. And one day I was like, hey, y'all do open mic. The guy was like, yeah. So then I kept waking up in the middle of the night, writing some of that stuff down. Really? Yep. It called you went, to it. Yeah, and I went and did it. I was nervous the first time. Kind of like, you remember Lisa Ray on Players Club? Yeah. She was drinking all them drinks for the first night. And so this uh, this veteran company named Harry. Harry, oh, Harry said, hey, uh, you, you must be new. I said, is it that obvious? <laughs> and I went up and I remember. Thinking like you get five minutes, most open mics. Okay. So I was like, man, five minutes. Yeah. Ooh, I gotta nail it. That's gonna be forever. Oh, you thought it was long? Oh my <laughs> god, how can oh <laughs> I gotta go? Oh, oh my god. <laughs> and it went so fast. Right, right. And I remember bro telling me when I got off stage, he was like, come here. Well, he was like, man, it wasn't your first time doing it. I was like, it was. He was like, man, keep at it. Wow. That was and like I had and I just remember wanting to do it so bad. I couldn't imagine having a crack now addiction. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. I was just like, where the shows? Well, over mic. I go in places, they be a mariachi band. Hey, can I do five minutes of comedy? Really? Yeah, bro. You got out there and chased it. Hey, that's what it's about, though, man. Pursuing your dreams. Now, let me ask you this. First of all, the groups that made it, can you mention one? Okay, so I was more, I, I more managed like songwriters and beat makers. Okay, got you, behind the So one of my cats, uh, dude named Mix Manny, shout out Manny, he did Future and Rihanna, that love song. Oh, 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 You remember that song? <laughs> that sounds more like, oh, never mind. That's how the song goes. <laughs> if y'all, that's how the song goes. Okay, okay. I that... would play, that's how that song goes. Okay. 
You are even heard the song back there before, producer. Not not yeah. that not that version, Corinne. Maybe not that version. <laughs> Future and Rihanna love song. Love song. Your artist did that beat. Yeah. Oh, wow. did that okay. Beat. So went um, on to do some big stuff. Yeah, man. Couple of cats. And they slow, it's slowly trying to get me back in it. I'm just like, bro, I, I don't have time to you, you, focus. You and your purpose. Like, y'all would need me, bro. I would yeah. be holding you back. I'm a ball and chain. Kevin Hart calls it being in your jello. You ever yeah. heard him use that term? Yeah. He calls it being in your jello. Yeah. But man, I got, I got so, and being in your jello just means everything's starting to move and shake and shape up perfectly with the right flow, the right rhythm, the yeah. right people. And you don't want, you don't need nobody to take you out of your jello. That's what Kevin Hart calls it. I hate if I described it wrong, but I got so many questions for you, man. So we, we can't skip this part because you, you kind of brought it up. We don't have to go too deep if you don't want to, but I, I want to dedicate this show to two people. We gotta dedicate this to your mom, Precious. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's a million Precious, Preciouses <laughs> in the world, but it ain't but one Precious. It ain't but one Precious from the, the public menorah from Grand Hustle. But, um, and your uncle is T.I. Yeah. Right? And I've known you my whole life, and Precious I've known my whole life. And I, 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 in other words, there's not a day that I have not known you guys, right? And we lost Precious, how long ago now? Three? Yeah. We lost Precious three years ago. I want to dedicate this show to Precious. And I want to dedicate this show to Brenda Wheeler. Right? Hey, those, yo, those Auntie, are, Auntie Brenda. Those are two, those are our two aunts. Uh, we lost Brenda in 1988 uh, to a murder. And we want to talk about that today. But I want to dedicate this show to them. Because you said that being connected to your uncle kind of hurt you in the music game. Yeah, man. Okay. Because they felt like... If it's all that, why isn't Tip jumping on it? Yeah, but the crazy thing is he did after we stopped working together. Like it's man, the book explains it all. I'm talking about ah, oh, it's like it's crazy because he supported he supported your artist after the fact. Yeah, really? like yeah, man, it is it's crazy how it worked out, and you know it is what it is, mm -hmm. but it just makes you go. It hurts at first, hmm. but then you take a step back. And I remember my mama telling me something, and I'll never forget. And it really put things in perspective, and it helped me put it to bed hmm. for myself. Because sometimes, like, we'll hold grudges or feel some types of ways about stuff, and it really be holding us back. That's because right. Because right. until you empty Let it go. how you feel, mm. you know, you can't control how they feel, mm. how they receive. Mm. And my mama said something one time. We was on the phone. I was living in California. And I just remember being frustrated. I'm like, man, I got these talented artists. Like, I got rappers that are rapping. Half these people at Grand Hustle under the table. And they know it. And it's like, bro, I didn't come and go work with him for the reason he thought I was coming. I came on some, man, I know brother probably ain't got nobody around him that really care. Genuine. So let me go and make sure, you know. Totally backfire. But, um, yeah. So afterwards, my mama told me she said, Baby, Tip don't know. She was like, the streets is his family. He doesn't really know what happened. And I said, I received it. That makes sense. That puts a lot of things. So it's like he ain't talked to him in years. I can call Tip right now. If I didn't got into some old street stuff. Well, somebody yeah. to pull up and right. act ignorant. Oh, boy, I'm somebody to oh, run across this pond, swim the, I mean, swim the English go. Channel, be on the first 
flight fight a grizzly bear with an arm tied behind his back. But if I say, hey, bro, I wrote this dope script. Mm. You think you can plug me up with some A? Not gonna happen. Really? Because, Why you think that is? Because, I mean, it's, it's, it's all of you. And you know this. I have seen, Brian used to have the dopest room when I was a kid. <laughs> he had all the basketball posters of all the good players. I used to be like, bro, he had the Nintendo with all the games. I had my phone. My mom was like, we going over Air House. Let's do it. <laughs> good old day. I've seen this man build himself up to who he is. You, and I hadn't been around you in an extended period of time, but I bet y'all this joke would do the same thing he was doing before he became successful. He just do it on a bigger level. Correct. So if you are arrogant, jerk, broke, what you gonna be when you rich? Right, if you are a wholesome, humanitarian person, broke, mm. what you gonna be when you rich? Mm. And it's, it's a, some of us have to, I don't care about the spotlight, other people around me eat. Cool. Some people want to delegate plates. Mm. They want to sit and go, oh, you hungry, huh? Give <laughs> you a little chicken. Mm. Give you enough to say, I didn't eat, but you got to know. Like that's really? Once I started peeping that, I was like, oh, it ain't even me. Mm. You can let it go. Okay. You think y'all ever speak again? Ah, uh, I don't, I don't know. Yes, yes, because we both in entertainment, and so some point in passing, it's just gonna happen. It's gotta happen. Yeah, I mean, I host at one of the premier clubs in Atlanta. Some point he gonna come through trying to do some comedy there, and it's gonna be my night. <laughs> Of course, you're not gonna do anything crazy. Man, when I tell y'all, it is no hard feelings, bro. When I told, when my mom passed, I told him, I say, bro, we just gotta be family. Nobody want nothing from you. All the people that want something from you is on your mama them side. Mm. All the Harris's, we we chill, bro. Mm. We just we wanted to come to a concert, hang out backstage, and enjoy some of that good smoke and drink. That's what we be wanting to do. Gotcha. We're not gonna call you. We get, we get. But that's. Champion of those that's gonna be around the people that make you. I understand. I understand. That gun stuff, that stuff's never supposed to happen. Like Mike Vick, that's never supposed to happen. With, right, with the right camp. The right camp. Hey, bro, I take that charge. Uh, what we doing when I get out now? <laughs> um, so, how much How much I got? What we doing? Uh, what? You need you my know, account right. number for my mom and them. Right. And that's how you handle it. So, but yeah, man. So, last thing, he's doing comedy now. Tip is doing stand-up comedy, I heard. And and anybody that's been successful in one genre, I heard another comedian, TK Kirkland, say if you're successful in one genre, if you do anything long enough, you're gonna get good at it. You think you got a shot? Is he funny now? Yeah! Man, everybody in my family funny. Okay. Everybody, I'm talking about, I, and I've been saying this for years, Kamaya, everybody, my dad, Kamaya is my crazy. mother, Everybody. Precious was crazy. Yeah, everybody. Y'all are crazy. Yeah, now that I think about it, all y'all are funny. Yeah, we like the unknown. And not even trying. We like the unknown Wayans. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. We like the whole, we like the Wayans. All right. Marlon Wayans, if you hear this, I will take my family 
Well, now y'all will win because y'all been doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I was say you boy, take, you about to do a bold challenge. You take your cousins that ain't done comedy against my cousins that ain't done comedy. that ain't done comedy, <laughs> but we going to mop y'all ass, bro. Trust me. But not right now, Wayne for Wayne. Nah. Wayne nah, for Chapman, nigga. Nah, it's, it's just me. I will be going against Shantae, Sean, Marlon. Damon is uh, underrated. Is one of the, the beasts in comedy. Yes. Oh, no, Keenan, the Godfather nah, of it all. Nah, nah, they don't I'm forget Ken. I'm talking about the unknown. <laughs> it's got to be the unknown Chapman's versus the unknown and Harris's versus the unknown Wayne. Then we can go at. Yeah, we can go at. So you mentioned you mentioned some comedians, man. Oh. I, I asked. I had Junior from Steve Hart Morning Show on the podcast with okay. me, and I asked him who is his Mount Rushmore of comedy. I hate to interrupt, but we got to take a break. I gotta pay some bills. This segment was sponsored by the Instincts Training Series. Do you guys know you are the highest form of intelligence watching this video? That means you're a human being. Well, God created other animals as well. There are millions of other species, and I teach you how to tap into your instincts by using what God gave them and their survival mechanisms so you can reach your full potential. Do me a big favor. Visit brianenbing.com. That's Brian nbean.com for a glimpse and a free keynote into our instincts training series and i'll see you guys on the other side now enjoy the rest of the episode you gotta give me your mount rushmore now let me tell you what what i heard uh brother steve harvey do one day i think kevin hart asked him because i love stand-up and I, I hate i haven't come to see you yet man we've had some time pass but i'm gonna come support you every chance i get i gotta come down there but um i was listening to kevin hart and steve harvey and Kevin Hart asked Steve Harvey what the Mount Rushmore was. So Steve started off, boom, man, said entertainer. You're not Steve Tyler. Dog, hey dog, said entertainer, man, so smooth with it. Then he said, and then Bernie Mac. He said, man, Bernie Mac would come through and light up a stage. Then he said, I, I can't go without DL. So I'm listening close, I'm like, oh, basically y'all, <laughs> the king is <laughs> He took the safe route and went him, Bernie Mac, D.L. Hewley, and set the entertainer. And then, of course, he put Richard Pryor on a, on a totally different level, right? I love Steve Harvey. I respect Steve Harvey. But he went the route that was a little safe. Don't go safe on me. I don't go safe. I don't care about safe. I don't, I don't care. Who's the Mount Rushmore? For me? Because it's all perception. It's all it's all, it's all subjective. Yeah. Subjective. Um, Robin Harris, hmm. George Carlin, Old George, Chris Rock. Three. That would be my and my damn self. <laughs> so you put yourself <laughs> just get started, but you don't I'm know like, them guys. Somebody told me I'm like Clyde Drexler. They say I'm the Clyde Drexler of Atlanta comedy. They say you play late at night on a coast for a team nobody cares about, but you put up numbers. So the people that get to see you, they know they know the magic. But everybody else on the East Coast is probably they may not know who you are. I was like, I received that. Brother. Hey, we're going Clyde to Glide. Hey, Clyde to Glide will be in the Hall of Fame one day. Right. If he's not already. Right. So, yeah, shout out to Clyde the Glide, man. A good friend of mine, Ashley Barry, Clyde the Glide. Tanya. That's I did not know that, man. It's, it's crazy. So, here's the cool thing your Mount Rushmore consists of three greats and then yourself. Yeah. Nothing wrong with confidence, right? Huh. What is it going to take to get you to their level? Like, 
what does the plug need? More experience, um, uh, a movie deal. How do you see yourself getting up there? What does greatness look like to you? Uh, just more exposure. More exp I've got 13 years of stage time, right? And one of the things that I wanted to always do for myself, I always said, if I, I didn't want to be Chris Tucker. See, Chris Tucker got discovered, right, when he only had about 10, 15 minutes of material. So he went on and started doing music. Never stopped and never kept doing stand yeah, he's doing movies and TV. He ain't really working that muscle. See, but stand-up is a muscle. You gotta keep working it. You get flabby fast, right? So now that the movie stuff is kind of keep trying to come back out to stand up and it's just bang. Like, is it really? Yeah, it's some nice people be like, Chris Tucker can bomb. And like, and I've done a show with him. He did pretty good at that show. But I said that to say. So now that I got these 13 years of stage, now I'm focused on the content. I just need to put myself in front of people. Now it's like, oh, okay, hey, y'all, I do comedy, and this is some of the stuff that I do. Exactly. I've just exactly. been in this bubble. I've been climbing direction. I've just been going. On the West Coast, man, my or the game. team that may not see you, or the team that is not seen yeah, much. The, the, the Trailblazers suck. <laughs> <laughs> And Kevin Duckworth. You went in with Kevin Duckworth. <laughs> so yeah, you know that's that's kind of like What's I'm that? um I've pretty much come to terms that I'm just gonna have to groom myself a manager because you've been running this battle. That and um or you run into somebody who their client base is too established to where it's like mm. they got Dave Chappelle, they got Roy Wood Jr., they got all these working comics, mm. so they ain't worry about my ass over here I'm off fifteen hundred dollars a night. You gotta find that balance. <laughs> right. So I noticed you didn't mention Dave Chappelle. Or or give me give me you, you like Dave Chappelle, I'm sure. I like Dave after he went on his sabbatical and came back. Mm. Cause now, cause Dave was real jokey. Always been funny. Mm -hmm. But if you go watch some of his old stuff, it's funny. But to me, it was just like kind of. I don't know. It's hard to explain. I understand. Felt like kind of pandering. Like, eh, I'm gonna make white people like me with these jokes. Mm -hmm. But when he came back after that break, that joke started going in and like saying a lot of things that need to be said That's in this PC culture. He so is not that. I I'm more of a I Dave fan now. Right. Than than I was. So, so here's the question. Here's a question for you. I think going back real quick to the TI situation, maybe God gave you that experience on the road with Tip to know what I was gonna do to get, myself. To, to, that, of course, and so. collect a lot of material. Yeah, you, I'm sure you got some material. Oh yeah. You gotta tell them the Tracy Ellis Ross story. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, because I, I think your experience uh. with Tip was designed. The big, the man upstairs had a plan. Was designed for you to go get some material. Uh. If you haven't seen his Tracy Ellis Ross story, man, give me two on the road stories that are just. We're staying the test of time, real quick. Oh, TL is, of course, since I can think of that off the top of my head. Uh, okay. You blew it. Man, blew it. I'm talking about if dropping a pass <laughs> in the end zone in double overtime of the Super Bowl in the snow was a person, me. So, yeah. Uh, like, you know, as a man, every now and then, you know, you got to understand choosing signals and, like, they were obvious. Like, so the first time I saw them, I was at a party, and I don't remember what type. It was an industry party, obviously. But it might have been some type of photo shoot or something the tip was at. She happened to be at And I was at the bar getting a drink. So 
the thing is, was she Tracy Ellis with Blackish and all that by now? When she was up and coming, Tracy Ellis. She was on Girlfriend. She, she still was Tracy Ellis. Yeah, she still was Tracy Ellis. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And look, yeah. let's be clear. She was Tracy Ellis before that, too. Hey, I'm right? gonna say, shit, she could have been CVS uh, back in the, by the pharmacy putting up the raisins. And she still was gonna be fine. Like, hey, I don't give a <laughs> So, what happened? I, I had just started, to my defense, the first time I had just started working with Tip, and I was like extremely broke when I went to work, work with her, to the point like the shoes I had on, which is gonna lead me to my New York store. This is the, oh my God. All right, so the shoes I had on, I had been wearing so much, like they were stinking. Like, I, so I didn't have that, I'm hanging with a celebrity swag. I feel like I was kind of entourage. Kind I understand. Of I understand. I wasn't the persona. Right. I wasn't in my bag yet. So it freaked me out. I'm getting a drink. She walked up. I look at her. She look at me. I look. She's still looking at me. Mm. And that's just kind of like, oh, uh, uh, I can't like, like, hey, be uncomfortable. Like to the point. I don't know if you've ever had a woman just like be on you to like, and you just like, me, my shirt. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And so I order a beer. Bartender brings the beer. Wow, like it was a movie. It was perfect time. She looks at me. I grab the beer. I look at her, and she goes, "You're not gonna get there drinking that beer by itself, or something like that. Right? You need something stronger. Right? Okay, and I, Tracy. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and like turned and walked away. And I'm sure she was like, I just, I just put a whole three pointer up. So, I don't say nothing to, uh, to nobody about that one. I just, I take the L. A couple of weeks later, we go to LA for the David Beckham party. I don't even know who David Beckham is. <laughs> we going to LA for a soccer party. Beckham, and they like, they David like, Beckham huge. They like, bro, this dude, this is a big deal. He coming to America to play. I'm like, whatever. So till we at the house, till like, hey, he give me his credit card. He like, hey man, go get you something for the party tonight. So I get, I'm talking about, I go get, Dope, but you heard of dope boy fresh. I had on <laughs> a white pump. When somebody give you a black card, yes, sir. you don't have to, you know, you ain't looking at no tag. You gotta wear Did you know this? It is considered an insult to ask somebody for ID if they have a black card. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I'm yeah. talking about every time I've sure. ever used it. <laughs> no, and I didn't win in. It, the bill's 9,400. There you go. Boop. It says who you are. Yeah. So I go. I go and uh, to the Beverly Center, to the uh, Macy's or Bloomingdale's or whatever. So I walk in, there's a little salesman. So gay dude come out to help me. I'm like, oh boy, he finna get me clean. Boy, you know them folks know about them fashions. <laughs> Long story short, I'm in a all white polo blazer. The blazer like a, like a sow, sow wow. Some um, Ferragamo shoes, some nice little, little slacks with the Ferragamo belt. I was clean. I got dressed that night. Tip say, "Damn, what you finna go sell some blow?" Like, I was <laughs> so we at the party. Boom, doing our thing. Who do I see? Tracy Ellis Ross. Now, like I say, months have passed, so I, I didn't, I didn't got my my swag together a little now. Nutted up again. So <laughs> whatever. <laughs> she sees me, we make eye contact, and she give me that you again look. And I don't do the whole, uh, 
but I look at her and I man, so but this time I hold it a little bit longer and I walk off again. <laughs> she walk off. Now with your white. She now walk off. All white on. Bro, I go. I'm at this point now that I'm looking back on it. My lane, but what kind of subconscious is probably trying to avoid. Of course. Point. Yeah, you didn't want no personal trace ever. And so you yeah, want no personal trace ever, so, man. That would have wrecked my life. And so. <laughs> Avoided the whole party. I'm talking about Tom Cruise, everybody, any celebrity who was worth anything. They did. pretty much at this party. Quincy, Jones, I haven't seen everybody. Mm. Tip call, he tip called me. Hey, we finna we finna roll. I say, alright, cool. I'm making my way back towards the entourage so we can head out. She's in a circle of people. They all talking. She's in a circle of people. All celebrities, they all talking. She sees me walking past the group. She sticks her head around someone's back to purposely <laughs> say, hey, dumb-dumb, <laughs> this is my half-court shot. And what do I do? Walk straight out the gym. Yeah. But they say third time's a charm. I feel like somewhere you're shaking your head it's hope it's hope i feel like somewhere if she ain't married up by the time that happened well since she, she ain't gonna do it right tracy yeah if you hit it when you see the instinct podcast you know when i finally get two three three million views you said what people was tagging her in the ig post people was tagging her like hey you seen this tracy that's hilarious hey, <laughs> So I get in the truck and I tell now I tell Tip them what happened. And he looked at me like, Oh, you blew that? <laughs> he was like, bro, these celebrity chicks be wanting regular dudes. But he was like, man, they be knowing all these industry people. It's a show to them. He was like, Well, you might have missed your night. I was like, man. Alright, so real quick, second story. New York. Alright, so the shoes. Go back to the shoes. Boom. I literally called tip and was like bro i need a job and at first like i said he just offered me some money he's like man I give you a couple thousand you know set you straight i'm like no you ain't listening i need a job let's work that ain't gonna that's gonna help me for two days i had been promoting an artist that i was working with at the time who me and him had both quit our jobs to pretty much bro push this mm -hmm. like that's how much i believed in dude and to this day he's still like I tell people, if eight ball, if MJG and Pimp C had a love child, that was rap. That's him. I'm talking about. Savage. I used to have his music playing in Seattle. People would be like, bro, we gotta get bro. Long story short, so I had been really hustling, like every day out selling CDs, promoting. So like I say, bro, I got one pair of shoes. So these shoes, when I would take them off, they would walk by themselves. Like that's how stinking. <laughs> so I literally called Tip one day, said about the job stuff. He called me back. I guess he thought about it. He must have heard it in my voice. I don't know. He called me back. He said, Hey, how quick can you get to New York? I said, yeah. yeah, I put 24 hours in there. <laughs> I hit me up there in a little bit. Long story short, yeah, I put 24 hours. On the way. I don't know why I didn't have any issues looking back on it. But so I get up there, you know, take me the job, we'll do it. Next day we gotta leave New York after a long day, like running around photo shoots and stuff. We gotta go back through LaGuardia to go to Baltimore for uh signing. 
when I tell you, when I set them shoes on that conveyor belt, <laughs> that shit turned the entire, I'm talking about the entire TSA went up. It like somebody had just opened up a 2,000 pound bag of corn chips in the middle of the airport. And you know New Yorkers, folks. They don't give a damn. I'm talking about if New Yorkers had infinite dams, they wouldn't give one. <laughs> and they was like, yo, son, yo, who's somebody feed, yo? Yo, son, who's hey, niggas? Tip, tip with you? They, they trying to get on. Right, I said, you going by yourself. <laughs> At this point, they all like, oh, shit, we can't be sick. They all trying to separate themselves. <laughs> I'm talking about so Boy, the TSA dude so loud. He drawing so much attention. You got TSA workers leaving their belts in their stations. So now by the time I get down through through the scanner and all that, it's like between six to ten TSA workers just hanging out by the end to see who picks up these. <laughs> and when I tell you, Brian. It took everything in me not to just like, walk that's the road. Me. <laughs> I was finna go get on that plane barefoot, bro. I'm talking about with my socks on. They was like, son, somebody feet dead, yo. Who's your ex friend? I'm talking Bro, they coming through spraying. Yeah, the <laughs> to this day, bro, I'm talking about anytime I go through the airport, oh, I'll be wearing sandals when I know or where I will be in the, in the house like. Am I straight? Boy, stop, bro. You talking about it's hard. Oh, bro, that's hilarious. Bro, that there. That's hilarious. She did something to my soul, dog. So we get them. We get You know, DTLR. Back then, they were kind of, they really weren't as popular as they are now. They was kind of up and coming, mm -hmm. you know. So we was going to do an autograph sign for the CD. They'll just let you, you know, if you want to get some shoes or whatever, and give you a discount. And the new Jordans had come out, but they weren't even in the store yet. Tiffany called Nike to see could they buy them early. Oh, we all got a pair. Long story short, Tip come up to me because, of course, they know about the shoe incident. Right. They come up to me. I'm getting on the, the Atlantic. Record execs was laughing when I got on the plane. They was like, bro, them your shoes. <laughs> Tip come up to me in DTLR. He like, man, get you a couple pairs before we leave. Right now. Right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, them sneakers died. Them Air Force Ones died in an alley in Baltimore behind the DTLR. That's why I took them off and left them laying right there like a body. Man, let me tell you, man. Bro. I I, just the more you mention his name, I hate that there's whatever riff. I understand the riff. And I, I, I can't be no peacemaker because I got two siblings I can't stand. All right. Be like that, bro. I can't stand. I mean, I, and I can't stand. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. Like, one in, one in Memphis, a sister, and one in California. I could, I could really care less. But, I see all that to say. If you had to say something to him, what would it be? Wish you would have got to know me while we was working because it's you ever been in a relationship with somebody any kind of relationship male female business, and you feel like y'all just spent all this time together ain't nothing about you mm -hmm. that really kind of hurts so it's like you know if somebody came up and was like you and your uncle we're gonna put a spy versus spy game against y'all he'd be dead in the day that's the day he knows nothing about me 
Mm. I know everything about him because as a comic, I'm observing as hell. Right. I spent the whole two weeks with you. I know everything. You be like, how he picked that? I'm finna come and order this at this time of night. Cause I didn't know. Gotcha. And so if I could say anything, it just would be like, I I never thought it would have gotten this bad. Hmm. But it's a crazy thing, man. After mom passed, we had a conversation because we had to come together. Absolutely. You know, to make sure everything was right. And I had to, you know, kind of play nice to make sure I got everything got taken care of because I know what type of person I'm mm. But man, we had a conversation, and I go into details in the, in the book really extensive. But and we had a conversation, and I really felt like I was. You thought you was his own? person like it's a shitty idea like even with the gun stuff I was like it's a terrible idea mm. but how do you tell somebody who got the money to do whatever they won't do yeah hey, hey I hear you and they, they help they taking care of you in some regard I get it yeah but that just goes to show you and it's really not the way I came people look at you like who are you like what have you done instead of going well let me see something you've written uh, and, and, and that's fair Cause I'd have been like, is that, fair? is that fair to you? Absolutely. That's fair. That's fair. If they'd have called my blood, well, send me a script you wrote. If I got seven. What you want? Uh, horror comedy, romance comedy. What you want? <laughs> That's a fair assessment. That's though. fair. Uh, uh, Give somebody uh, a shot. Don't just. It's you know. Yeah. Oh, I tell people, man, you can learn something from everybody. So most people will go, oh, that man homeless. Why? Why can he teach me shit? How not to be homeless at this? This is true. You know what I mean? This so like, you can learn something from everybody. So we at the we at the comedy club. Ti is doing stand up right now. He's on the bill. You got to introduce him. What do you say before he actually comes up? Meaning not with the mic, but what's your interaction before? And then what do you say when you bring him? Up? Can you do it? Man, that's work. You got to do it. That's work. That's work. I've always, I'm Freddie Chapman the third when it comes to being able to separate how I feel mm. about something with my money. So, I mean, bro, I would be like, if I'm hosting, I gotta ask you as a comic, a feature comic, a headliner, how you want your intro. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 coming up. Yeah, been knowing them too damn long. Give it up. No, hell no. Right. What's the conversation like afterwards? You gonna tell him how you feel? Or you gonna create some distance? He let's say he rips it, Correa. He rips it. And you know how hard it is in this game to rip it. You gonna give him some love? Yeah! Absolutely. Bro, I don't have no It's him. It is him. The first thing I wrote to the left. 
And the reason why people, oh, why you writing my letter? Because if somebody is high on all kind of drugs and moving all around and drunk, when you got the time to sit down and be like, man, look, let's have a heart to heart. You gotta wait till they somewhere. And he took it completely, I'm talking about, really. He didn't receive the message in its intended form. But it's difficult when the soil is not right. When we met that day in that cemetery, we had talked in. Been a minute. Mm -hmm. This was the first time, first thing he said to me, I still got that left. Which let me know, damn, I struck a real nerve. And a part of me started to say them, but I didn't want to be out there rolling around fighting in the cemetery. Mm -hmm. I started to say, bro. <laughs> yeah, if, if the soil is not right, it's, it's not going to be received right between you guys. So, mm -hmm. look, hey, let me tell you. 20 years later. Be it far for me to tell you how to patch up some relationship. <laughs> okay? Look, at least you trying. I don't give a you, fine. You be like, hey, you're dead to me. Dead to me. And they and they are dead to me. So I so I, I so I don't want to sound hypocritical. But it just the more we talk about it, the more it just I I understand. And if I were to talk to him, he'd have his own perspective as well. And that's and that's what it's all about, is just different perspectives. Let me ask you this before we go. Being a stand-up comedy, being a stand-up comedian, you ever got heckled and how do you handle it? Uh, it's different types. It's different types. My mom was a slick heckler. Like, I I didn't, well, see, I knew how Precious. to handle it. Man, my mom Precious. was a boy. Precious was a heckler in regular conversation. See, the thing about with her, I don't, um, it's different types of hecklers you have. Uh, rude. F you, you suck, get off stage. That don't really happen as much. I've seen it, but it's actually happening. So you got that type. That's a good one. You like them? That's not, he's not interrupting. Right, right, right. He's not really heckling. He's just being. But it, he's, he's speaking out. Right. So it is, he's heckling. But it's not, so you gotta possess what type of So you gotta take a step. Man, that's why I teach my class. I'm like, take a step back. You got the mic? You got a comedy class? Yeah, I teach class at the laughing school every Saturday. Two up and coming comedians? So we're gonna make sure we plug everybody into before we go to different things you got. So you teach them to take a step back. Yeah, just take a step back. How do you handle that rude heckle? Same. Same. Take a step back. You got the microphone. You amplify. The crowd paid to see you. That's right. And the other people on this show. They didn't come to see this drunk asshole or whatever it is. Right. So they're probably gonna be on your side. Absolutely. Worst thing you can do is misassess the type of thing. Somebody might go, hey man, that's funny. Yo, shut the fuck up. And, and now the crowd is like, well, damn, he was crying. <laughs> You reacted too soon. So you gotta take a step back and see what type it is. And then a lot of times, man, you can just really one line. You can just say the most, but you have to address it to give them shit up. Absolutely. And you can just say the most random. I mean, just whatever. Right. And a lot of times the crowd is gonna be on your side. I mean, because they came to see you. Yeah, they came to see the show. I, They're I not tell trying you, to be. I'll tell you a funny story before we go. I got as a speaker, I've got help. It's a different kind of heckle. I bet. But I've got heckle. I'm on stage one day. And this was back when I was in network marketing heavy. I did this theoretical example. Three to get three to get three to get three to get three. And you made like $21,000 a month if three got three got three in a perfect scenario. It's called a theoretical example. That's why it's called theoretical. It's not going to happen like that. Right? And I would always go, if you take 21000 and you break it down in half, is that okay with you? Everybody like, yeah. 
I'll take 11,000, right? You take that down, you break it down, 5,500, five is that okay with you? Yeah. So this guy stands up and goes, so you telling me you making 21,000? Now I'm just like you. I'm very quick on my feet and these people came to see me. So I'm saying to myself, bruh, you're not gonna win this. I promise you, you're not gonna win this. I said, I didn't say that's what I'm making, but next question. So what you making then? <laughs> I said, I'm actually making more than that. Oh, that killed. I said, I'm actually making more than that. Well then, how much you making? You doing theoreticals, how much you making? At this point, I pull out my ace of spades. The ace of spades is the crowd. Big joker, bam. I said, how many of y'all want to listen to me? And how many of y'all want to listen to him? If you want to listen to me, tell him to shut up. Everybody said, shut up. It was in unison. <sighs> shut up. He stands up. He goes, outside. That's what he said. He said, he mouthed. He made sure I saw him. He was like, outside. I said, no problem, right? A friend of mine in the audience is an undercover cop. I said, how's your ankle? He know what that means. He kept it right here. He kept, uh, <laughs> he kept that thing on him. He said, it's good, B. I said, how's your ankle? He said, it's good, B. I said, all right, cool. We're going to hobble outside. I said, everybody give me one second. I sent one text message to my brother. When we got outside, by the time I got off stage, the whole hood was in the neighborhood. <laughs> everybody in the neighborhood. Yeah. What's my point? Hecklers don't understand that they're coming into our environment. You, we ain't, we didn't come to your environment. You coming to, I, you came to see me speak. You came to see me teach you how to make some money. You came to see me teach you mindset, message, and money. So you're not gonna win this battle, and we the, we're always the last ones with the microphone. We gonna get the last word. You, you ever had it go that deep? No, no not threat. not me. Yeah, nah, but I've seen. It. Have you seen it? Yeah, you've seen it get shit. Levar Walker. Um, what happened? Got, man, LeVar was doing videos about Mike Epps, um, about, I guess, Mike Epps do cocaine or something. He was just maybe in the humor. Just comedy. Yeah, just parody videos. He acting like Mike Epps, but on blow. But Mike Epps and him, LeVar was at Uptown before they moved it. The old one over there off of about, you know, about dancing the week. Mm -hmm. Man, they came up to Uptown and waited on to come out to the show. Mike Epps did? His, his people. He with was his, there. He was there, but his people was outside. Yeah. Let's talk about yeah. it. Yeah. They, um, I've seen a comic making fun of this couple was dressed alike one night, mm. and he tore into you know, man, and the guy got mad and was, um, was waiting outside. But like you say, like you say, it's our environment. Like, we a fraternity. Like, ain't no comment finna just let me get jumped on by some some audience. They understand the nature of business. Man, we finna hop on in. Absolutely. Like, you know right, what right, I mean? Right, right. So, yeah, but nobody didn't help the bar that night. But I, like, <laughs> it is what it's the right comment. Yeah. Because some comments would have been like, hey, roll on, bro. You know what I mean? Two so, questions before we go. Best advice Precious ever gave you. Maybe two or three things. This man, is the best advice my man. Man, I wish you would have asked me to come prepared with that one. It's so it's much. A lot, Hell. Man. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so crazy. My mom and dad and them was like corporate thugs <laughs> in a way. So yes, it's like you know I know. Some of the advice that I got 
<laughs> we may not be able to do on camera. Okay, I understand. If y'all understand no, how we grew up. Was, <laughs> you know, it would just yeah, be all like be something that I can remember her seeing that it always resonates. Two things. When you turn 40, the people that you grew up with and been knowing your whole life start to die. And she wasn't lying. But, um, <laughs> she wasn't lying. This is, this I is mean, Bro, it seems like every week when I had man. We getting a call. Yeah. But on another note, what's for you is for you. And don't look at other people. Keep your eye on your own paper. And that really applies to more than just school. Mm. It's like, what's for you is for you. It might take a little longer than others. You can't look at what people, you can't look at what people do. You can't, I can't come out here and go, I can't go to that house next door and be like, damn, that's it got it living good. It got this magic for my be scared. Mm -hmm. For my be robbed. You don't know. You don't know. Mm -hmm. So those types of lessons. What's for you is for you. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I don't because in my game, and I'm sure in your game, it's like you might see a speaker who you help. Or Absolutely. somebody who look up to you and he out of here touring the world mm -hmm. giving speeches. And you're like, but you have to you know what? That ain't what I'm supposed to The path is different for each of us. And you can't have no jealousy or envy in your heart. There's a lot of people I taught how to speak that are doing the streaming well, and I don't take the credit for it. I know that I may have been an impotence or I may have ignited it, but God had a plan for them. I'm doing my thing, and it's turning out, it's looking pretty good. You know what I mean? That's how that's all. Last thing. If you had to pick one animal, this is the Instincts podcast that you relate to the most. We put the pelican up just because uh, it's a new prop I want to show off. But uh, <laughs> what animal do you identify with the most in this game? Alligator. Crocodile. Why so? Because even though you know to keep your ass away out of my domain, like even like. Even though I, you might try to come get your photos, you might admire my beauty, I'm chill. I ain't gonna bother nobody. I be doing my thing. I like to relax and just eat the fish and just enjoy my time. But if you come down here, I'm fight you in. <laughs> if you come down here with ill intent. If you come down here with if you come down here beside doing something besides feeding me and my people or taking your photos, you think you finna get in this water and swim and be doing all this TikTok shit. I got a TikTok play. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's kind of like I'm I'm just like the water and just chill out. But don't cross me. Don't come down here with that BS. Hey, where can they get the book? Where's the um um the book and some of us you plugged a second ago that I said we'll make sure they get uh, the book and the class, comedy class. Oh, so the book is called The King's Guard. Now, you can go to my website, uh, Plug Chapman Comedy, if you want a physical signed copy. But if you just want something for Amazon, you can scroll on your Kindle while you're on the toilet. You can go to Amazon and find it there. The uh, King's Guard. The King's Guard. And what's the, what's the book about, pretty much? Um, it's it's a it's set up as a memoir, and it's kind of like all my stories and going on the road with Tiff. It's kind of like one of those selling points for mm -hmm. people to be like, oh, I read that. But for real, for real, it's just about a young man growing up 
knowing what he wanted to do the whole time with his life and this journey that he had to go on to get him. It's kind of like the alchemist in a way. Makes sense. It Makes takes sense. you on this journey. So many people been knowing me my whole life and read the book and was like, bro, I did not know this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I love about the I'll be honest, man. This whole podcast is bringing us together. Nah. I've been sitting with you. I mean, I've known you my whole life, but we had a long gap. Life happens. Life but happens. just to bring you out here, sit with you, understand what you've been through, hear your perspective, and, and I and I appreciate and I appreciate you. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. The uh, stand up comics, how can we help? Oh, so if you're into, if you're trying to get into comedy, I can't. If I could teach people how to be funny, I would be charging. Hey, I'm talking about bro. <laughs> You'd be rich, right? You, right. you got it or you don't. You would not. You'd be like, huh? I can't teach y'all how to be funny, but I help people skip the lines. Like my comedy class is like a prerequisite. You know, how you gotta take pre-cal before you take calculus. Mm -hmm. If you take the comedy class, you go into calculus. You don't have to worry about certain things. So I teach you more so of like what not to do. It's mm -hmm. like joke. I show you joke structures and different styles and the different types of styles we use with joke writing. Like. Exaggeration rule how you can take any story that really happened and you can exaggerate the shit out of it. Mm. But it has to really it has to be rooted in truth. Makes sense. It's gotta be rooted in truth. Makes sense. And you can add the humor on top of it and blow it up. Right. Makes sense. It's gotta be or misdirection. Make you think you know what I'm about to say. So yeah, we teach them stuff like that. Uh six weeks, every Saturday, ten to one. Laughing Skull Vortex. Um, That's here in Atlanta, Georgia. In Atlanta. The Laughing what? Laughing Skull. You can go to Laughing Skull Lounge. Um, and at the end of the six weeks, we do a graduation show where uh, everybody, you know, bring their friends and families. It is what it is. You get out what you put in it. I got some people do the graduation show and destroy it. And I got some people bomb because they did nothing they did for nothing. the six weeks. Listen, this segment was sponsored by Monetize Your Message. That's where I show you how to turn life's tribulations into celebrations. Let's face it, we've all been through some stuff, some very traumatic, but the difference is you're making your life, which is the asset, become an investment, which is your story, and we take that story and turn it into a message, and we help people who've been through similar situations. Visit howtomonetizeyourmessage.com because your story belongs to you, but your message belongs to the world.